Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I'm Nick the Human. And nothing's hitting me like the passage of time, like hearing that theme song again. I can't believe it's been a year. This is our second Halloween special. Hell yeah. I love Halloween. I, uh, I'm glad we're doing this because we're deep into October. We're in Halloween season and I haven't taken a second to stop and appreciate this magical week, week and a half, two weeks where you're just like living in Halloween land where you can watch scary movies and things are spooky and leaves are changing. Like, yeah, I love it. Yeah. The weather's freaking beautiful outside. I love, I love how New York actually has a real autumn. Yeah. I haven't (laughs) seen it. I didn't see it like last year. This is cool. Right. It's like you in Texas, you get like that one week in October. That's nice. It's like in between like too hot to be comfortable and just rainy and shitty and windy mm-hmm. and like the terrible fucking winter that's in Texas or North Texas especially. Yeah. But you get one nice week and that's it. <laughs> well, now we're in uh, New York together and we're forgetting it. This is cool. I'm I'm excited to get spooky. We got a spooky episode of Adventure Time to talk about. It I actually let out an audible gasp. <laughs> yeah. At the at the reveal of the creepy spooky character. The blank eyed girl. Um, I think, yeah, this episode was like spookier than I remembered it, funnier than I remembered it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, every, everything's different than I remember. It's, it has been a long time since I watched some of these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, let's just go right into it. Let's, let's discuss it. All right. Episode discussion. Episode discussion. All right. We watched. Season seven, episode nineteen, Blank Eyed Girl. Yeah, we we went into the to the archives and we're like, let's find a creepy episode for Halloween, and and we did. And uh, you know, next up we have Be November coming, and I think November. I, I can't wait for it. Um, <laughs> we're, Eric and I were discussing episodes to to cover. Um, we got an email about it, and we were on the same page about one of the Bemo ones. We're gonna we can talk about that later in the mail segment, but um. But yeah, but there's some good BMO in this, so it felt like a a really good, uh, especially the way the episode ends. It felt like a perfect episode to pick for this week leading into next month. Um, but yeah, g- perfect Halloween episode. I mean, if we already did the creeps, so we can't, I mean, that is the perennial. Uh, so yeah. I'm glad that we had another one to do. And it was, it was, it was creepy. It was. There were, uh, there were, I'm sure, a bunch of horror movie tropes that I, weren't really in tune with because mm-hmm. I'm not like the biggest fan of that genre. Um, not that I dislike it. I just don't have the pedigree to discuss horror really. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of great references and, and that kind of thing, but yeah. uh, in and of itself, it was kind of scary. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So to set the scene for you, it's a pretty simple episode in which Finn and Jake are being haunted by a girl with huge blank eyes. And they're trying to figure out what to do. And they can't figure out how to do, like, to get rid of it. And they multiplies. There's multiple of them. And then it concludes in a very thrilling fashion. <laughs> um, but before we get there, because I think, Eric, I think there's some good metaphorical content in in the ending of this episode. Um, but before we get there, it starts, they're in a pizza place. Oh, this pizza place. Dude, you know what? I, I haven't had pizza in the city. Want to do that after we record? Yeah, yeah. Get some fucking pizza because yeah. I've realized watching Finn and Jake in a pizzeria, 
like watching them eat pizza, how critical I immediately was of them. Like they're eating pizza wrong. And like nobody feels that way except the fucking New Yorker. <laughs> I I guess. But you said that while we were watching it and it really hit me. So they're holding the piece of pizza. Now picture how you would normally hold a pizza. Now flip it around. So if you were to insert the piece of pizza, the crust is hitting the top of your mouth and the cheese is hitting your tongue. And they're holding it by the crust with both hands, two-handed, like, right? Like, that's how I remember it. Very odd. The one thing I'll give this method is that what's hitting your mouth first is the cheese, which is the most enjoyable part of the pizza. So maybe it is kind of does make sense to eat your pizza this way to get the flavor direct contact. The the biggest danger of eating pizza is that you burn the roof of your mouth Mm -hmm. if it's too hot. Uh, so this method, I guess, would, I don't know, have, have the hot cheese on your tongue first, which I don't it, know if that's better, but... Burning your tongue would not be fun. It, it seems like you have more control of that situation. Just yeah. like I don't, I'm trying to be open-minded about this method and, and look for the merits, but just I've ate pizza the other way my whole life, so just picturing doing this just feels wrong and gross to me. Yeah, I mean, well, just practically speaking, like, the cheese is going to melt right the fuck off. Oh, yeah, it's going it, it, <laughs> to... The integrity of the pizza could just fall apart <laughs> unless it's cold, um, and it might have congealed more. Um, Why would they be eating cold pizza at a pizzeria? I, I don't know. I mean, well, a lot of shit was off about this pizzeria. I don't know if you saw the people kneading the dough with their butts. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> Lots of butts in this episode. <laughs> Who who was working the pizza place? What did they? I don't know. What did they look like? They were just like people. It wasn't candy. They weren't in the were they in the Candy Kingdom? Yeah, they must have been. Yeah, yeah, because because starchy and everything. Um, I the voice of the pizzeria cashier. I it seems familiar, but I couldn't place exactly who it was. See, oh, it seemed like it might have been Pendleton Ward. Mm, Okay, but that. Is subject to verification. Yeah. So they're there, and while they're eating their pizza all weirdly, um, there's a radio show on, and it's Starchy, who's doing his talk radio show, is like coast-to-coast AM thing, where it's like conspiracies, and he's just going off. And, you know, what's really great about it is, is that he's just going off on this list, and Jake's not into it. And remember, in the list, he's talking about things that have gone wrong. He says that his wife just left him, and other conspiracies... <laughs> <laughs> Which is really great because it's like, you know, who gets really like way too into conspiracies is maybe some people who have other issues in their life they want to direct right. the chaos onto. These. Also, like the the right wing self own of the like the Ben Shapiro style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when my you see some of Ben Shapiro teasers, he's talking about how his his when his wife comes out of her bedroom, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, whoa, okay, so you're you're. Two different bedrooms. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, But, but he's in there and he's in this thing and you could definitely, this is well before the time of Joe Rogan, this episode came out, but it, it feels, or Alex Jones, like it feels in that sort of tradition. And Jake is like, look, man, you got, everyone draws their lines somewhere. Like, cause Finn's like, dude, we've seen some fucked up shit. Like, how do you not at least like give validity to what Starchy is saying? He goes, Everyone's got to draw their line somewhere, and I draw my line at Starchy, <laughs> yeah. which is a great line. He he complains about like the pizzeria being like, man, they always play this radio station here. I I like, and it's like it it's uh, it, that echoes with me in like this 
like, you know, you go to those places that you're kind of like forced to, and they're always like, they always have like Fox News on, or they're always <laughs> playing like a- Alex Jones, like in the back or something. You can always hear it. And you're just like, I'm being subjected to this now. And I really don't want it in my I don't life. Yeah. <laughs> why, why does this have to be part of it? Why am I at this auto shop getting picking up my car? Dude, it's always the fucking mechanics. <laughs> hey, if there are any like progressive left wing anarcho mechanics out there in the New York area, hit me up because I need someone to work on my van that isn't a fucking Trump troll. <laughs> Did you see the mail at gmail.com? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I, that's so funny. Like, cause I haven't been to a a, a mechanic in I don't know, 15 years because I don't drive. And it's so funny that I still just intuited that that... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, they're so bad on Long Island. Oh, and, and like I try and do as much work as I can myself on the on the van, but there's still certain things that's just like, well, I need a fucking huge industrial lift to get the parts out from underneath this gigantic vehicle. There's, there's no feasible way for me to do this myself. I have to p- take it somewhere. And everywhere I go, it's Fox News in the fucking waiting room. And and the people are fucking dicks too. It's like yeah. they always talk down to you as if you don't, like Long Island is like just a bunch of rich fucking stupid fucks like like you know people that don't want to have anything to do with the maintenance of their own vehicles mm-hmm. and so they don't give a shit about being taken advantage of or whatever and like these fucking like these right wing mechanics that are just like you know what like the way that they talk to you and I'm like, I understand what you're saying. Like, I know exactly what's fucking wrong with this. Like, don't charge me like thousands of dollars. Like, I would do it myself if I had a fucking lift. Mm-hmm. I'm just, sorry. This just gets me so angry. I dealt with a huge issue with the van a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> this so is really fresh in it. my mind. You lived it. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone, everyone wants to be the expert or have the upper hand. And uh, yeah, I was, I, I was considered trying to find like a, uh, like an auto mechanic class where I could like really like learn how to do some of the more complicated stuff mm-hmm. and like just maybe make friends with people that might have access to some of the more intensive gear and equipment. But maybe I, it's, it's, that's one of those skills I would like to have, but as time is so finite, it's one that's slips me by, you know? I know. Right. It's I like, mean, I'd like to know how to do more shit in the house or how like <laughs> just, but you gotta like, get a drive line somewhere like Jake said. And sometimes you're like, you know what cars, I guess I'm just not going to know about. Yeah. I've gotten really far, but just you, based on cars like, are big for you. Like in your, Oh yeah. I have your last 10 a years. A huge source of consternation in my life. Um, and, but you know, I drive a lot. Mm-hmm. I've, I've driven hundreds of thousands of miles in the last several years, like touring and everything. It's, but I've gotten pretty far just on YouTube and the Haynes manual. Hell yeah. Well, in this episode, Jake, is experiencing the same auto mechanic woes <laughs> in this pizza place. And he goes over and is almost going to turn it off. And one of the people's like, do not touch my radio. <laughs> um, but while they're there in the pizza spot, one of the banana guards calls in to Starchy to talk about a weird thing that happened. And in the reflection, he saw a blank eyed girl, which if you need a visual, it's sort of like the girl from the ring with just giant right. eyes. Yes. That's, that's what it's like. That's that's I guess that's like the major reference at play here, right? The mm-hmm. ring. Yeah, yeah, the ring. It's like a it's the ring. Um and and Jake is like Starchy is making this shit up. All of it's made <laughs> up. This is all dumb bullshit. Like stop listening. And Finn's like, you know, it's a little bit 
open-minded because of, I mean, in the land of Ooh, it's not that far-fetched. Um, and also yeah. J- Jake doesn't do well with the unknown as we found out in last week's episode we talked about. Like you, you can get inside Jake's head like with some of this shit. You can play mind <laughs> yeah. games with him. Um, so they, uh, so anyway, they, they leave the pizza spot and then start walking home through the forest. Um, Finn's like, they're not real, right? And Jake's like, hell no. And then he plays a joke on Finn. They're laughing and then branches are breaking. It's getting a little spooky. It's nighttime. And as they get back to the treehouse, they get inside and then they look out. What do they see? But the blank eye girl. Yeah. It, it, it almost seems like uh, that episode, the horse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't know whether this is a joke or not. Is it just Ice King being a pain in the right, ass? Right. They said this seems like maybe it's Ice King messing with us. And I was like, this is a very Ice King thing to do. <laughs> um, and I guess that's where I got it from, the horse. Um, yeah. yeah. But then they, like, look and it's gone and then it, it's somewhere else. And now they're freaking out because it's there and they're both seeing it. It's not like in finn's head or anything like this is this is here so they go up they go upstairs right and bmo's there and then it's out like jakesy's blanket girl out front and they call starchy for advice yeah he's he's the leading expert on this blanket girl <laughs> yeah so he starts giving them advice and none of it works and honestly each piece of advice seems to make the situation worse <laughs> for finn and jake like what, Eric, take us through some of the things Starchy suggests. Uh, well, he seems to be operating under the belief that it's vampire rules. Mm-hmm. So the girl can't get inside unless you invite her inside. Yeah. Immediately after he says that, she's just inside. Yeah. He's like, uh, Finn's like, Starchy, uh, she invited herself in. He's like, oh, well, okay. And then is the next thing like offer her cream? Yeah. I don't know what that's a reference to. Was it? It was like fairy rules or something. I forget what uh, what it was, but yeah. But they try it. Jake offers her a saucer of cream. This is such a ridiculous moment. I laughed so hard when yeah. this happened. He's like stretching the saucer out to give to the girl, and she like very slowly and grossly like sticks out her tongue like farther and farther as if to like lick up the cream, and then she like really quickly darts her tongue over and licks Jake's hand. <laughs> And Jake's like, oh, and the saucer breaks. It was really funny. So then he's then starts. He's like, all right, um, play the clarinet. Th- these things hate the clarinet. Clarinet. Oh, great, great little gag. So then Jake like contorts, you know, he can shape shift his body and whatever. His like part of his like, I don't know, his chest or something into a clarinet and starts playing it very well, might I add. Yeah. It, it sounds like a regular ass clarinet. Yeah. And which you figure like. Probably Jake could play like a regular clarinet. I mean, I you know that's within the realm of possibility. You think he would just grab a clarinet that's like somewhere in their treehouse? In the treehouse, it feels like something they would have picked up along the way, (laughs) out of some like weird attic. Oh, look, man, a clarinet! Like you can picture him doing it. But he stretches himself into one instead. So (laughs) he plays it well, (laughs) and so well, in fact, that the uh, blank-eyed girl starts dancing. Kind of like a Charlie Brown sort of a dance. It's like, super creepy looking. She like throws her head down and then is like swaying back and forth. And and then it's so good that more blank eye girls start just appearing, like rolling out from underneath the oven, from a coming out of a, a, a closet. And now there's like six of them all dancing together in this weird way. It's like a blank eye girl party. <laughs> yeah. And I guess presumptively they were just in the treehouse the whole time 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is scarier. <laughs> and then um, they're like, all right. And then, then he's like, get a chicken. Like they hate chickens. Like get your, get your yard chicken. They're like, ours ran away. So then Jake's going to shapeshift into a chicken. They're going to put like honey and feathers on them. But they're already like messing with the feathers. Like it's clearly not like the 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 uh, blank eyed girls are already like messing with like uh, like feathers and stuff. So it's clearly not going to work. And he's finally just like starchy. This shit's like this sucks. Like none of your stuff works. Like you this none of it works. So they're like let's like go get another penal. Let's get the secondary source. And they go to the library. And the blank eyed girls follow them. Um, and it's like almost like they're just like comfortable with each other at this point. It's more of a nuisance. Um, so much yeah. so. That um, he Jake even says at one point, can't we just call child services or an exterminator? (laughs) As if they're equivalent options. Yeah, which is funny in its own right. But then also super fucked up. Yeah, super fucked up. But before before that happens, but it's like, you know, it's like news. So they go and they're looking at all the different like books and we get a great gag where they're talking about girl stuff, boy stuff. Um, you know, creepy stuff and then butt stuff. Butt stuff. An oft memed moment of this show. <laughs> I see that on the the Adventure Time online circles quite a bit. The butt stuff shot. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, and unexpected. <laughs> and they're there, and and they're gonna get the creepy book to like go through it, but they find Turtle Princess who works at the library. Yeah, that's her job. Got it. She's the librarian. Yeah, I never met her before. It's like, oh, okay. Steve Little. Ah, oh, got it. He's everywhere in this show. Yeah. Very versatile. And uh, and they're talking and they're asking about what does. I, I forget exactly the convo, but Finn arrives on, oh, I don't need the book. I know what this is. They're tulpas, which are like they're brought into the existence by the belief of the collective unconscious that they do, in fact, exist. And since because they realized that, oh, the Turpin says that. The, the urban legend of the Blanca girl started five years ago and Finn's like, wait, Starchy's show started five years ago. <laughs> so I think Starchy talking about it made all these people believe it, which then brought the Tulpas into existence in life. And Jake's like, how do you know what a Tulpa is? And he's like, from Starchy's show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, that, that all seems a little like deus ex machina kind of plot hole-ish to me. Mm-hmm. They just like, oh yeah, here's some information, by the way. that if <laughs> And it <laughs> would... Except the the ending shows that I guess they were tulpas, but in a different kind of a way. Like it's not ex- it's not as clean cut no. as as is being no. explained in this moment. Like it gets into a more esoteric ending. So then Finn's like, "Look, this is what we need to do. Like we need to go to Starchy. We need to like maybe say it doesn't exist or whatever. Or like we're gonna go home and like follow my lead." And Jake and Finn starts walking through and just being like, "You know what? This is no big deal." Okay, I, I'll come through and like, hello, my friends, like you're here, whatever. Um, and he sits down and he starts talking to Bimo and, you know, creepy. And he says this incredibly profound line, which I wrote down um, and says, um, what is creepy? Like creepy is saying something is creepy is just distancing ourselves from things we don't understand or better yet, things within ourselves that we don't like or don't want to deal with. That's what we call creepy. Which was just like, oh, oh shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like when you, when you really think about what is creepy, because we all have like a, this sort of agreed upon cultural definition of what is creepy, you know? Um, yeah. And it's something that is uncomfortable or 
scary. And the scariest things are the dark parts of ourselves. And I guess that's mirrored in what horror movies are. It's like the the potential of humans to do really bad things, the potential in all of us, you know? Um, that's an interesting point. I was actually just thinking about this very recently with the genre of science fiction mm. is that, you know, it's all about aliens and shit like that. But I mean, all good science fiction is just a reflection of humanity. Mm -hmm. Cause like, obviously we don't have any like understanding of what an alien race could possibly be. So it's just a reflection of our own understanding of humanity. Like obviously science fiction was all written by humans. It's only given the, breadth of knowledge that we have about human existence that we're just extrapolating onto something else. Right. Right. We're just taking, we're taking small things and, you know, fantasy works the same way. Someone was talking about Game of Thrones and George R. R. Martin was like, grew up on New Jersey or Staten Island or something. And like, he's like, oh yeah, like looking, I've, I never watched or read the books of the show, but it was like, oh yeah, when you're like, this character looking at this kingdom was me looking at New York City. It's like just extrapolating huh. our like our daily experiences and and putting them into this new thing. That's interesting. I'd be uh, down to hear more about his take on that. Yeah, I did. I watched the show uh -huh. and I read the first book, um, but I was you know not like super into it. It was like okay, I read the first book. I don't need to read the rest of it. I think I just I'll just watch the show. Yeah. But it was compelling enough that I'd, you know, be interested to hear how he relates that to f fucking New Jersey. <laughs> right, right. Well, we can go down that rabbit hole another time. But I think bringing it back to, to horror, I think that is partially, like, what's scary. Especially, like, in a lot of... The, you think about the classic horror movies and what the villains... They always give them some sort of foundation or motivation for why they're killing or why they're doing these things. So you almost understand like, oh, yeah, fuck, if that happened to me, if my kid needlessly drowned, uh, drowned in a, a lake in New Jersey, then I might be compelled to go on a murderous rampage of the people that he died at the hands of, a.k.a. Jason's mom and the original Friday the 13th, <laughs> you know, or there's different things or like you're just wired wrong and all of a sudden you're fucking uh, Mike Myers and you're you're killing. Um, but I, I and I think, you know, to make it even this is where the creepy thing comes in is like, I think some people, this is going to get a little heady, but I think some people don't want to deal with the fact that like inside of ourselves exists, um, duality and desire and good and bad. And what makes us like decent human beings is the ability to say no to like impulses and urges and thoughts that come up that are bad. And we know are bad. Like, you are not ruled by your thoughts, right? You, you can't even control what thoughts come about. Some of that, those, those just pop out from the subconscious or from your cultural programming. And what the great part about being in a, a realized adult is that you can then decide on what thoughts you want to give attention, act on, believe in. And we are not powered by our thoughts. Like I, I believe in this distance between the person and the thoughts and the thoughts does not dictate who you are as a person. It's just like, good thoughts, bad thoughts, wild thoughts, crazy thoughts, you know, sexual thoughts. Like you can, and you sift through them. Um, I think some people are just like, no, I only think good things. <laughs> I only, yeah, I only think like good stuff. And I think then the idea of, of, of creepiness or weird things really start, f can freak those 
people out. And that's when you get, I think, people calling things creepy that they don't understand. You're like, is it creepy or is it just different? You know, like, is it is it is it genuinely creepy on its end? Like this girl with the pale skin and the and the hair. It's like it's only creepy contextually because that is not what a person is supposed to look like. Right. I guess, but also yeah. there's the implied, I'm just pontificating at this point, but uh, it's linked to death, which is bad and we don't want to think about <laughs> as humans. Right. It's interesting that, once again, it's BMO that has the most hu- human-anchored insight to the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a similar line in last year's Halloween special. Are you talking about the, the last line of the ep? Uh, no, when we did the creeps. Yeah. Oh, no, I tried in this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to fin- Can we finish the, uh, the plot and then you lay it on us? Sure. Well, I, I'm not sure if I even remember correctly oh, okay. what he said, but like, do you remember in the episode, the creeps uh-huh. where there was that like transcendent moment where Bimo had like a really, uh, powerful line in the middle of all the, yeah. the creepiness or something. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, here we are again, same situation. Yeah. So I do remember that. Um, and here we said it was like, it was so fucking deep. Can, do you want to find it? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll well, look it up we'll, for miscellaneous mania. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll, we'll, we can circle back to it. But basically what happens is Finn says this is there, I'm not going to let them bother me. And it's just sitting on the couch and it's like, I'm not going to let it get to you. And Jake, on the other hand, just can't take it anymore. And they're circling Jake, all six of them. Jake gets real small and is like, you know what? I give up. You're creepy. You did it. Like I surrender, do whatever you're going to do to me, like whatever. And in that moment, they all turn away from, from Jake and look back at Finn and then they're, they're done. Like they just needed that affirmation or something. Um, and, or maybe even acceptance from Jake that they were there and real. And I'm just going to let you this, these creepy weird things just be there. And they come out and they take off their eyes and, and they just look like normal little girls and they're like oh so it's just some girls playing a p- prank on us like all right he goes like who are your parents i'm calling the police you're going to jail and then they take off their hair and he's like oh you're bald good job good job good job of being bald and then they take off their faces they like screw their heads off oh yeah they screw their heads off really weird and then their like shirts and bodies fall away, and they almost look like a, a spider or a corn husk, or like, a, just like a really unidentifiable, creepy, weird looking thing. They reminded me a little bit of the Starmen from Earthbound, which is mm-hmm. like a weird video game reference. Yeah, and then, uh, um, they peel off almost like a banana, and. It's like this sort of like um, almost like a kind of like a seedy like thing, um, like with little bits, like flower or something. Like the and, dan- dandelion seeds yeah. that like, yeah. And then, but then it has dandelion seeds and then it's like glowing and they're and those, they're in this shape and they're there. And then they start like, they all join together and then they're just getting whisked away in the wind and blow out the window. And... Finn is and and uh, Jake are freaked out, and they're like, "Whoa, that was really creepy." And then what? What does Bimo say? <laughs> I think it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and that's it. And and just to circle back on like what we were talking about with with creepiness, I think 
I think at the end they they like found a nice little way to put a message or a metaphor in there, right? In that it's the creepy, it's the things we don't understand out there that are that scare us and are creepy, or the things inside of ourselves. I think that if that's what creepy is, right? And these things are creepy. When Jake accepts that they are there and it's going to be a part of it, and it's like a part of, hey, if it's the things inside of ourselves we don't like, it's creepy. Jake is accepting the thing inside of himself that he doesn't understand or like. And once that acceptance happens, then it, then you're free. You're free of the creepiness. Because if you accept that the weird things just are there and you're not fighting it and you're not just like weird about it and having this inner turmoil, you just go, okay, it exists. Then it's fr- then you're free. Like you're free. You know what I mean? Like you accept the, the weird part of yourself. You accept that in your head, you're going to maybe think or feel some things that aren't exactly moral, but you're still a good person because you're not acting on them. Right. Like, and that, this is what I took from the episode. Cause like, if you grow up, you know, maybe religious or, um, you know, Christianity, I think, I don't think within Christianity, they, they teach this, but if, when you're young and you're trying to sift your way through it, at least me and figure out like what it is, if you have the bad thought or a bad desire, it kind of feels like you're sinning. And it kind of feels like you're a bad person. And I, I think that there's like a th- people pushing away from themselves, the creepiness inside of themselves or the weird desires or whatever. And then if you just meet them head on, go to therapy or whatever, you're like, <laughs> you're like, all right, like, that's okay. Like, I'm, I'm still me and I'm a good person, even if I have a bad thought or two. And you're not going to be ruled by the creepiness or this insecurity that you are indeed a, a creep for a bad person um that's my take on it so is this mostly i guess jake's character development yeah i think it's jake's character development and well yeah yeah i guess that would be through jake because that's really what triggers the creepiness like the creepy girls to be chill it's not really thin yeah and then but then why it's beautiful is like is it 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 is beautiful to accept the parts of ourselves that maybe we don't like as being necessary or whatever and and you see this communion from and bemo's like i like that <laughs> because bemo i mean yeah i don't know we'll, we'll learn more about bemo what, what, do we, what do you think am i am i am i grasping at straws here or uh sounds good to me <laughs> um i kind of forget some of the details about the creeps from that yeah. episode but it seems like these Two episodes are far more closely related than we realized. Oh, really? Uh, no, I mean, just thematically, just oh, from yeah, our analyses. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to look up that BMO quote. Oh, love BMO. Uh, just delightful. And th- what's fun about BMO in this episode is like, as this is all unfolding, BMO is always smiling. They're not like. Oh, yeah. BMO like, is scared. not concerned at all the entire episode. Yeah. It's great. Mm. Well, I hope you find it. Let's get in the mania. In the meantime, should we look for that snail? All right, Nick, did you see the snail? No. Did you see the snail, Eric? Nope. Well, it's nice. We haven't heard this song in a, in a sec. What song? Isn't there a song when no one sees a snail? No, we don't deserve a song when no one sees a snail. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's just over. 
Um, <laughs> I want to take the time to say, hey, if you're enjoying this podcast right now and my uh, my deep analysis that may have crossed the line into not being good, I don't know. Uh, right, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Takes like two minutes. It greatly helps us in coming up on search when people look for new adventure time podcasts. We would really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thanks. All right, so it's miscellaneous many time. So I've got some, there's some episode connections in here. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they talk about like, I, I didn't realize in sequentially, they talk about Gwen Starchy's wife left him is actually, we saw that episode previously in cherry cream soda. That was Starchy. Uh, who does she leave him for? Is it Mr. Root Beer? I think so. Yeah, well, isn't she? That's right. She's she's with Rupier, and Rupier's dies, and then she gets with Starchy, and then he comes back. Oh yeah, it's like that. It's like really intense, like domestic drama episode <laughs> in Candy <laughs> yeah. Kingdom, and then Starchy's yeah. So Starchy was like the interim boyfriend, yeah, or husband or okay, husband. I mean that that did we did we do that episode on the air? Or I, I've just seen that. No, one. I don't think we did that. That's a deep fucked up kind of one we <laughs> yeah <laughs> have we done any of those episodes that are are totally non finn and jake episodes not uh, maybe maybe one or two but like not really oh we, we did we did the um thanks to the crab apples giuseppe oh yeah where they're not really in it yeah which, I mean, well which... ice king was a major character in that episode oh, yeah. oh like you're, you're talking about just like no major characters like like that episode like cherry cream soda yeah which by the way we both acknowledged thanks to the crab apples giuseppe has been one that's rattled around in my brain since we did it over a yeah. year ago <laughs> and you said the same right yeah i, I don't understand because it seemed like such a throwaway episode like it didn't matter and it's not like a fan favorite it's not like a legendary episode but for some reason it's one of the most memorable episodes yeah, I don't know why. I, maybe it's because it was so early in the podcast. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was we were seeing humanity and Ice King. I, I don't know. Yeah, Finn and Jake are in that episode. Yeah, I think they are. They're, They're in the beginning. Very beginning. Um, they get left behind. You know, I was thinking about that question. Remember when we saw Fern for the first time, and we were thinking, like, are there any other major characters that we haven't reviewed an episode with yet? And I think we're now like this is episode fifty nine. I think we've we've kind of hit on almost all the characters. I was thinking maybe Billy might might be one of those characters. We haven't done a Billy. Yeah. There's there's not a whole lot of episodes with Billy, but he's kind of a like a an important secondary character. I don't know how many episodes he shows up in, but we haven't done Billy yet. I I was thinking about it because I um was watching We Bear Bears, which is a very silly show. It's like I'm just I'm just going through cartoons now. I'm just like, what Cartoon Network show haven't I seen yet? I'm just watching them all. Um, and there was an episode where Lou Ferrigno uh, did a guest voice, 
I saw that two voices, Billy. Uh-huh. So I was thinking about about the character of Billy. There's, I mean, there are a bunch of episodes without Billy that center on Billy. Like, there's an episode after Billy dies where like his girlfriend sends him on a mission or something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I know a, what you're talking about. Yeah, he's a he's an interesting character. There's a lot of lore behind Billy that seems to be left unsaid. Um, but anyway, the, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see more. There's more out there. Um, do you know anything about that show? We bear bears. No. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> it's funny. Um, Dimitri Martin does a voice in it. I've always, oh, nice. I've always liked him. Me too. Um, and, uh, Bobby Moynihan does another voice. He's good too. Oh, nice. But it's just about three bears that are brothers. One's a grizzly bear. One's a panda bear. One's a polar bear. <laughs> And they just get into antics and stuff. That's funny. Is <laughs> it's for children? I assume. Uh, yeah, it's all ages. It's like, it's definitely funny. Like it's it's got some good humor, good jokes, but there's not like a story that like is intense or has lore or anything like that. Got it. Ah, nice. <clears throat> um, they do bring up you know the concept of a tulpa is from Tibetan Buddhism, and I like Finn's definition of it now i'd only ever seen it represented in popular culture in uh twin peaks the return the third season that came out tulpas play a v- incredibly central plot point in that entire season hmm. but they seem to operate on slightly different rules but also kind of similar like they they have a thing where they kind of dissolve into this like matter and and, and blow away in the wind uh into into another dimension, much like in the end of this episode. Interesting, um, but it doesn't seem to be tied to belief. Um, the tulpas, the tulpas, seem to actually be um, created by this the Black Lodge, this other bad version, like alternate reality. Um, tulpas are created there, so it seems like a slightly different rule. I now want to read up on this concept. Yeah, I still got to watch twi- the rest of Twin Peaks. Yeah. I only ever watched the first season. Oh, dude. It only gets better, especially by the third season. I mean, we've yeah. talked about it. it's my favorite show. Did you um, uh, did you ever watch the David Lynch Dune? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I I haven't watched that one either. Like there, it, he I, he well famously he disowned it. He tried to take his name off of it, and they wouldn't let him. He said it's like one of the greatest heartache and failures of his life is how that movie turned out. He doesn't even want to. He doesn't even like talk about it in interviews and stuff. And uh. He said in his book, which I have, um, that it was a major turning point because he after that he never made a movie again where he didn't have final cut, and um, mm. and like it was like I'm never gonna compromise my vision to make something palatable. I'm only gonna make like wild shit that I want to make, and so I was always like ah, I don't need to see Dune. But then I watched Dune like last year around New Year's, and it's fun. Like it is goofy and silly, and there's things in it that make you laugh. They talk about the spice so much, <laughs> uh, the magic spice. Uh, but it's actually worth, I, I found it incredibly enjoyable. There were, um, Kyle McLaughlin, it's like, you know, where he met, uh, David Lynch. So that's, thank you. You know, the powers that be in this universe for letting that connection happen. Uh, it's, it's cool. I, I want to make, I would like to watch the new one. Yeah. I watched the new one. Um, I liked it. Um, I mean, Denis Villeneuve is infallible in my opinion. Um, it's uh, it's weird because it it, I didn't realize that it was like the first part, and apparently the sequel hasn't even 
been officially greenlit yet. But oh, wow. like they I mean they have to make another one. Like the movie's not complete. Where where does it end in this dune? Uh it's, pa- it's long. It's two hours and forty five minutes or something. Yeah. Uh Lu said that like his his movie would would basically cover the first half of the book. And I only recently read that. Oh, you I mean, read the book? No, no, no. The oh, read oh, that oh, he's oh. that he said that. Um so I was like I was going into it not on understanding that it was supposed to be like the first in a in a at least a two-part series um so it ended like it seemed really incomplete but like then knowing that there's so much more that should still happen it's like okay that would make more sense yeah the, um, the original dune is like really long i mean i mean there's, I like, there would have to be a lot happens like i'm, tr- <clears throat> I'm looking at how this how this this dune ends even watching the new one um like it just it felt like this is a book adaptation and they're leaving a lot of stuff out. Mm-hmm. Like and even at like over two and a half hours, but yeah. it it did get me interested. I just started reading, uh, Dune on the train here today. Oh, cool! I mean, it was always like one. It was like the perennial sci-fi texts. Right. I mean, like I I actually had tried to read it when I was a kid, because sort of like my parents said like. I would never be able to because it was too boring and too long. There's a lot of information and characters and things to keep track of. Right. Yeah. And like they had, like they were made to read it in college or something. So like I had like their old copy of it and they were, they were like, you're not going to like this. And I wanted to read it despite them. And then I I got bored of it. I was probably like 12 or something. Mm -hmm. And, but (laughs) so they were right. But, uh, I just started reading it for real, um, today because I finished Animorphs. Oh, wow. Last night. Yeah. Now, uh, just to go before we go into Animorphs on Dune, um, a really interesting part of Dune lore is that they were going to give Dune before David Lynch to Alejandro Jodorowsky, who's the director who made The Holy Mountain in El Topo. <laughs> yeah. And after it might have been after The Holy Mountain, I think. Uh, it's weird because like they Dune, like the story is like such a it. It almost seems like. I don't want to say emotionless, but it's like, it's very much like, like a stately, like prestige level kind of like plot, you know, concept. And like, and they were going to give it to like such an oddball guy. And then it went, wound up going to David Lynch, like also very left field kind of. Yeah. Well, so I guess, cause it was so, I guess it's like, maybe it was a sci-fi, like hadn't broken yet. And actually, well, this was, this is very interesting is that, in the timeline of it, Yodorowsky is doing it before Star Wars. So, like, he's working on it in, like, the early 70s before uh, Lucas is working on Star Wars. Now, there's a whole documentary called Yodorowsky's Dune. And I um, watched half of it, but then I had to stop it. But I'm going to go back and finish it. But what's really interesting is is that he, like, comes up because he's such a wild guy. He wants to make this movie. He wants it, like, to be, like... Like long like six eight ten hours or something insanely long <laughs> if he, they made the movie it would be like the most expensive movie ever made but he writes like a screenplay it's like a bible in a tomb and he like works with multiple costume designers he works with um effects designers and like people were like we've never done effects like this before and he worked out how they could pull these different things off and storyboards at the movie and like gets the movie close and then i mean he's just notoriously a you know, hard to deal with. I don't, and this is where I stopped watching. So I don't know like what happened, but they, they didn't do obviously Yodorowsky's like, they like took it away from him, but 
like some of the concepts that he came up with in that and the people that he had brought in and figured out for special effects immediately applied like what they had conceptualized and worked on in his Dune to Star Wars and like other movies. And it was sort of like, I I guess like they kind of like posit that like this could have been Star Wars. Like if it had gone through and like done it, like it was good enough and it like would have been poised to come out like right before Star Wars. It could have been the thing that broke open sci-fi into the mainstream. It's a, it's, I I gotta go watch the whole thing. I mean, that was still pretty recent after like the book at that point too, I guess. So like, Mm -hmm. I guess like what, like the second book had probably just come out. So like, and and, like, that was still like a really big thing at the time. Yeah. And I think he, Yodorowsky hadn't even like read Dune, but like knew (laughs) knew people who had, and like, he was like, no, I knew it was like really good and cool and weird. And like, I should do it. So he, like he was at some dinner and was like, I want to do Dune. And they were like, Oh really? He's like, yeah. And then he went home and like read it that night or something. Like it's some insane shit like that. Um, Cause the book was winning all sorts of awards and stuff at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh it's interesting. I'm watching um, Foundation on Apple TV right now, mm-hmm. which is an Asimov a- adaptation, and just like that, that older, like mid-century, like pre-Star Wars, like science fiction writing mm-hmm. is like such a weird sort of like, is it like it, sort of Star Trekky, where it's like it's uh, well, it's like on the other side of the coin of Star Trek, right? It's like it seems to be like an untapped well. That like people are still like like only now just like beginning to to understand mm-hmm. like how to a- adapt it, um, and uh, you know I liked what happened with Denis Villeneuve's Dune. I I know it's getting a lot of cris- criticism from you know all sorts of people, but I enjoyed it. Um, it felt incomplete to me, but it, I, I mean I'm assuming they're going to make another one. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the uh, the Foundation series also. Um, it's uh it's very heady. But, you know, I like it's visually really cool. It's like it's kind of like the the sci fi like grandeur uh, equivalent of what Game of Thrones was. I think it's what Apple's trying to do. Just have like such a huge show. Um, It's not going to be the cultural phenomenon that Game of Thrones was. But the scale of it, just seeing that on a fucking TV screen is cool. (laughs) You can hear my camera noises <clears throat> but yeah i finished i finished uh animorphs animorphs and i was like craving more sci-fi so now like this is the world that i'm jumping into i guess um, i mean take a little i mean you're, you've done so much animation in the past year yeah so maybe, I'm, I mean i'm still watching cartoons but they're not as serious i guess yeah animorphs nice. was a fucking trip yeah i think i'm gonna try and get those those uh comic adaptations that are somewhat new <clears throat> Cool. That's fuck yeah. I don't know shit about Animorphs, but uh, so I can't really contribute here. But and it was, it's, I mean, I think I've said Animorphs was like one of the first fandoms that I subscribed to. Like I started reading the books when I was like eight, and I never, I never actually finished the series when I was a kid. Um, I think I got distracted or with like Pokemon, like a couple of years into the run, um, and then I went back actually in high school. Um, and I, I read the whole series like I, like I finished it, but even that was like 18 years ago. 
So I like I had forgotten like all of it. So it was like kind kind of like reading it for the first time, even though it was technically like my third time reading Animorphs, yeah. <laughs> which is like a lot of times to read Animorphs for any person. <laughs> a lot, but it's good, you know. I I think and it's something I may have said in the podcast. I can't even tell episode fifty nine anymore. But uh, in our culture, there's so much media now that the idea of revisiting almost feels like a fool's errand. You're kind of like, what am I doing here? Like. This is weird. Like, I, you almost feel like, am I obsessing over that? I don't think I should be reviewing. But I think in a previous time, reviewing content you like was normal. And then, like, you can really get inside of something when you do it two or three times. If you watch a movie a couple times or a series a couple times or read Animorphs, like, it's cool. Like, you can really get in it. And it's, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about because it, it, it seems like, you know, with recent years, the whole millennial nostalgia train is just, you know, just running off the rails, like out of control. Um, but thinking about the, my experience with Animorphs is I actually did that. Like when I was like 16, probably, um, like I, I, I had enough like nostalgia to be like, Oh, remember when I was like nine and reading those books, I never finished them. I really want to go back and revisit that and, and, and finish it out and like give it the full experience. I was like, at that point in like, you know, in high school, I, I was already thinking along those lines. Like our generation was just doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, fresh, freshman year of college. Um, I remember getting all of Keenan and Kel and watching a shitload of it <laughs> when I was, you know, 18. And I loved that when I was what, like 11 or something, nine. And then, I mean, even when I knew you, I was watching Good Burger and, <laughs> and shit. And it's like, yeah. I was, you're already jumping into nostalgia. I, uh, well, but when you should be enjoying like the prime, (laughs) I stopped playing video games, uh, you know, around when I was like 14 or so, like, you know, when I was learning to play guitar instead. Mm -hmm. Um, and then even as, you know, as soon thereafter, as I like had stopped playing video games, like, like senior year of high school, I was going back and playing super Nintendo rather than playing GameCube games. Like I was already, like <laughs> experiencing nostalgia for classic nineties video games. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it too. It's like, I was in college when like crazy good shit was coming out. Everyone has N64. Everyone's like, let's play Mario Kart and yada, yada, yada. Like that's important to me. Uh, it's, it's weird. <clears throat> but How many, <laughs> how many pictures are you going to take of me? <laughs> I want to get a good one. Uh, we, I, I realized I was looking at our Instagram. We've like never really posted pictures of ourselves i'm gonna post one of you i don't i don't use instagram enough because i don't find myself in enough interesting situations what it seems like yeah there's a good one you'll you'll see i think i got a couple goodies i'll give you you get approval okay um nice well um was that a was that a little bit of an adventure guys book club talking about dune and Yes, I think so. All right, play that book club theme song, baby. You can learn something new today. You can expand your mind the old-fashioned way. Adventure Guys Book Club. Uh, back to Miscellaneous Mania. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm done with Miscellaneous Mania. Should we? Uh... There were a couple things I, I see here. We didn't okay. even we didn't even really touch on. No. Like, we immediately got into David Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which seems to happen. Uh, I don't know if. We... I don't know if he needs his <laughs> own song. <laughs> It's not quite a Jeff situation. No. Uh, Here we go. Uh, This is important because this episode of Adventure Time 
Blank Eye Girl. That's what we're talking about. References the events of Bimo Noir, where their chicken Lorraine left. Where they said their chicken ran away. I was like, what the fuck are they even talking about? They're That's... talking about the Bimo Noir episode. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because... Uh, should we go ahead and confirm that's going to be an episode we cover in Bmovember? Yes, I think I think we said first episode of Bmovember is going to be the Distant Lands Bmo special. Mm-hmm. But after we get that one knocked out, we're going to have to move on to Bmo Noir. Yeah, which <clears throat> the storied Bmo Noir episode of Legend. It's the one lost episode of Adventure Guys. <laughs> um. We've we've talked so much about Bmo Noir. Outside of actually discussing Bimo Noir. <laughs> I know. And I want to, I mean, we, we should do a mail segment again this episode, but I want to tell Victoria who was requesting it. We're all, oh, we're on the same page. We were, we were there. I'm so glad to hear that you, uh, you wanted it. Um, what, any other mania? Uh, I didn't even read the page yet. Here we go. Um, I just want to let you know, as you're going through it, we got a real time email, real time email. Yeah. Like as we've been recording, we got an email. All right, well, let's just abandon this miscellaneous mania segment because I've, I've already lost interest in it. Uh, let's, uh, did you see the mail? Mail. Mail. Mail, okay. So first off, I, I mentioned it, Victoria, officially in the mail s- section. Thank you for your email. Uh, even sent us a nice screenshot of Bimo Noir. We are on the same page. Can't wait to do it. Um, should we go? You know, there were a couple of of emails now, including the one we just got in response to last week's mail segment, which was our best ever. And, you know, the highlight would have been from Kelsey, who gave us a very honest um, review. And we met it with respect and candor and found it incredibly entertaining. <laughs> Uh, you, you want to take us, give us the update here, Eric? Uh, which update from Kelsey? Oh, <laughs> I think we've, I think we've reached a gr- a good mutual understanding where Kelsey may not enjoy the ska, the music talk, but she respects us and we respect her. And I think everyone's on a pretty good... Is that a good s- summation of where we ended up? <laughs> yeah. Just to give some closure for everybody? Yeah, she uh, she did say that she did listen to the ska theme song <laughs> from last week, and she did actually really like it. Oh, okay. That is some... That's some That's some nice... I, I applaud you, Kelsey, as being someone pretty anti-ska. <laughs> to really... Because li- Eric did it up on that song. Did you listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's... It was... <laughs> Five minutes of two chords. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you did it. You went and did it. I um, did it. And anyone who missed well, it, wait. What are we talking about? Uh, these songs already exist. Oh, uh-huh. and we just cue them up for yeah. each episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, look, Kelsey, we we really appreciate you. Um, came in as a. You're giving us some money on Anchor, right? Isn't Kelsey giving us a, a buck on Anchor? Or am I making that up? Uh, Eric, is she? Yeah. <laughs> Are you looking at it right now? No. Okay, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, yeah, Kelsey is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you. Um, and like, thank you, f- and you know, being nice. It's we are to 
she had another uh, thing that was funny, like how how together again of you to be recording in person, and it's it's fun. This is a fun thing to be able to do in person. Um, and then in real time, another loyal listener, Haley, um, wrote back just saying, "Hey, look," and this is in response to 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 Kelsey. I think this is important. You know, um, as someone who doesn't know a lot about music or ska. I actually really enjoy the long conversations you two have on the subject. It gets me thinking and learning about something that I otherwise wouldn't, but Hey, different things for different people. Um, and fast forward was invented for a reason. Kelsey, God bless you, Kelsey and peace be with you. <laughs> I like how we can all have differing opinions, but there is a mutual respect that is being given by everyone on this subject. Yeah. Uh, and this is fun to get, emails in real time i guess if anyone is planning on on sending us an email sunday afternoons would be the perfect time to catch us unawares yeah (laughs) (laughs) thank you Haley. and haley has been like a a a loyal listener so thank you for 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 sticking with us and yeah i mean hey i think we didn't do too much music talk today but believe you me it's gonna keep on coming so if you've got opinions on the matter hit us at uh did you see the mail at gmail.com and then do we, I mean, did you want to go through the last one that we got? What else do we have? From Hannah, who's catching up, but like is like a little bit behind and was talking about the abstract episode. Oh, yeah. You got to get a little in the weeds. I mean, maybe we should wait for this for when Sean comes back on. Oh, yeah. All right. I guess there was, we when we did, this was the last episode we did with Sean. Abstract? Yeah, episode 43. Maybe it's not right. I think we did another one after him. Yeah. But it was a pivotal episode. I think this was one, the episode where we got into Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just, we were really focused on Arkansas and, and how things are going in that state. Um, and we sort of forgot some of the context surrounding the episode we were reviewing, uh, especially why Jake was reverting to his alien blue form uh but i guess anna has the answer for us yeah it seemed like sean was like heading in this direction um and i forgot that lsp like plays a role in this yes it's when lsp resets everything back to their original form i guess yeah so we can when we get sean back on we can validate his his suspicions and also, Hannah, thank you for the shout out that Eric <laughs> loves Garfunkel Notes. Great <laughs> comedy song duo that they actually yeah. are in Adventure Time. Yeah, they're uh, they're in a, a funny episode. It's kind of uh, polarizing, the episode that they're in, because they are annoying as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that one? No. Uh, yeah, they um, it's a uh, it winds up being a little bit creepy, too. Uh, that's a. That's a crazy episode, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, but thanks, Hannah. Thank you for the emails. This is really fun. We do genuinely love them. I mean, I guess on the order of requests, rating us on Apple Podcasts is important, telling one friend, but like also right up there, send us an email. It's validating. It makes us feel like you know people are actually listening and interfacing. It's really great. Thank you. Yeah, gives us uh, something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we do what we're going to do next week? I mean, we already announced it. Yeah, you need to play the run the episode generator, even though we're not using it. What are we gonna watch next week? 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 What are we g
Yeah, so next week marks the beginning of our very first BMO Vember, baby. Woo! <laughs> and we're going to watch Distant Lands episode one, BMO. Can't wait. It's, I mean, we, yeah, not much more to say. How many November episodes are we going to get? We're going to get four or five BMO episodes. Can't be more than four, right? Let me look at this. I mean, some months have, all months have five of some day except for well this fe- 28 has exactly there's five um monday and tuesdays and since we switched to putting this out on wednesday or thursdays we're only going to get four okay but it's good we can save it for next bmo member because then yeah yeah so we'll have four bmo episodes and then our first episode of december is probably going to be a jeff rosenstock special oh <laughs> I guess throwing a Jeff Rins there. <laughs> yeah, in uh, in December, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> Jeffrins. Oh yeah, we're gonna have to discuss that, make more plans, uh, and are, maybe, are we gonna maybe get more adventure heads involved? Yeah, we'll do some some live broadcasting from the Jeff Rosenstock shows uh, here in Brooklyn. We're gonna we're gonna we gotta talk about this. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna cook up some ideas, but that'll be a really fun. If anyone um, knows uh, someone on Jeff Rosenstock's PR team, oh yeah, let's interface on that and see if we can get Jeff on Adventure Guys. Also, if you're gonna come and see Jeff at Warsaw in Greenpoint, um, let us know because we are attending both shows. And well, there's three. We're gonna attend the first two. They, he, he added a third one. He added a third one, and I was like, recently? Uh, no. I was I, I was that. considering should I get this ticket also, like should I three I think I think uh, we have tickets the Friday regular no dream show Saturday ska dream show then it's a Sunday off I think and then Monday they're doing another show, um, and I realized I could go um, see more Jeff I think two weeks later is when he's playing Dallas and Austin. Uh-huh. And I'm playing those cities one week later, and I could just stick around and go see Jeff again in Texas, but that might be overkill. That'd be a lot of Jeff, but you know. Also, the Texas shows are not vaccine mandate shows because that's against Texas state law. Because Greg Abbott is a fuckhead. Yeah. Oh, actually, he's doing Sky Dream the first night. Then. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Then No Dream the second night. <laughs> that's funny. It's like out of out of sync, but uh, oh yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um. Good app, Eric. Good. I think Kelsey's going to like this app. There wasn't, it was pretty to the point. Yeah, except for our David Lynch detour. Oh, yeah, but that was fun. (laughs) And prescient because Dune just came out. All right, cool. Bye. Peace out, y'all.